you you find his strength when your strength is gone. Welcome to the Big Jesus Podcast, a ministry of Crossroad Community Church in Scranton, Kansas. The Big Jesus Podcast seeks to encourage followers of Christ to live out the biblical truth found in John 3.30, that Jesus must become greater. All right, and welcome back. This is the Big Jesus Podcast. My name is Denver Ramsey, and here with me once again is... Don Heron. Don, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm well, and uh, good to see you, Denver. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you're excited to talk about the topic we have at hand today, yeah? Yeah, I am. It's um, it's something that I think um, we ought to give some attention to. You know, and as, yeah. as, as our goal here at the Big Jesus Podcast, and not just at the podcast, but uh, as we live our lives, is to go. make yeah. Jesus look big. You know, we through our speech, through our actions, through even the things we think, all that we want Lord, the Lord to God to transform us into um, people, um, instruments that would sound the the gong for just how big and great and good and glorious and kind and merciful and loving is our Jesus. Yeah, amen. So today's topic of conversation, it is said that an American proverb once said that God helps those who help themselves. Have you heard that before? Yeah, that, and that's that's that's. I'm sure people have heard that. Uh, God helps those who can help. God helps those who help themselves. So you right. take the initiative, you roll up your sleeves, and you get after it. And then it's like God will come in and uh, right. and give you and bless you and do what is necessary after you've uh, done your part. Right. And so, um, oh. yeah, we gotta be real careful on this. Yeah. So people are probably familiar with this saying or have heard some version of it or something close to it. And as we were preparing for our conversation today, we were kind of talking like there's a side of this that isn't bad or wrong, right? There is a grain of virtue in this, that a work ethic that Mm -hmm. uh, I think is commendable. Right. And we could probably press it into a situation where you could say, you know, God was God doesn't want us lazy. Right. The uh, Lord commends hard he's given work. Us, he's commands. given us opportunities right. and abilities and we ought to use them in a way which is honor- honorable. And- yeah, right, to provide for our children, our families. Mm-hmm. And uh and then we we see his blessing in our endeavors to provide and work and serve and do good. Right. In his name. We can find these things in scripture and you know, it's clear, you know, yeah. Colossians tells us to work. Is, and, the temptation yeah. of this, though, is it falls into some kind of legalistic law. And that's... Which, uh, which when we when we want to... Well, let me just say it this way. I think there's more truth in this statement than this proverb we've... I think it's more truthful and more consistent with the Scriptures to say that God helps those who can't help themselves. Right. And also, there needs to be like this humble confession that... I don't have what it takes to do what I need to do today. Mm. And so I cry out to God for his divine strength and help. And in that dependence upon God, Jesus looks bigger. Mm -hmm. And I look in the eyes of the world maybe like a smaller person because I am a needy, uh, helpless man who doesn't right. have all the answers and that's where we keep circling this podcast back to the whole heart of this podcast you know that scripture in john three thirty, 
that God must become greater, Jesus must become greater, and I must become less. And I think we often, yeah, I think we, all, I mean, there's probably several of us, of us listening to this that feel weak, mm. uh, feel like we've let others down, feel like we've let God down, right? feel as if we um, don't measure up mm-hmm. and are lacking in our parenting lacking in some area of our relationship with uh, another person, a friend, maybe your spouse, um, maybe um, somebody at your work. It could be uh, at church uh, where we're just not feeling like we are, we don't have what it takes. Yeah, and so this saying comes to that person. It's like, oh, God, I can't help myself. How are you going to be able to help me kind of deal? But Paul might say something like, you feel helpless, you feel like you can't, good. Because, yeah. and you know, that brings us to the start of our, our first scripture for today that we've, you know, kind of wanted to springboard off of in Second right. Corinthians, and I, right? I want to tell, before I read the scripture, I want to tell this little story. Like, I I remember my kids, like, um, learning to ride their bike. Mm. And uh, and we usually got there where we got it, but there was always um, – blood and gravel <laughs> and scrapes and tears and scratches and i remember telling my kids in some of those moments hey just stop crying you're fine you're yeah. fine get up okay. you know just and in thinking back you know not in i wasn't trying to be harsh but it really was harsh mm-hmm. i mean I, what i was trying to do is just encourage them to keep on to keep going they, they had the, they were they were going to be able to do this you know and and um but when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to our relationship with God and uh, really our relationship with others, when it comes to things like loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving our neighbor as ourself, um, we've got to confess that the ability for us to do that in a way which is pleasing to God is is beyond us mm. so many times. Right. And so we we need to be reminded that God helps those who can't help themselves. Right. Uh, he helps those who can't save themselves. Mm. You know, I mean, he saves those who can't save themselves for sure. So, yeah, with that in mind and listening to the Apostle Paul's confession of his weaknesses, I think it will be encouraging to you and to me and uh, those listening today. Second Corinthians 12, going back to verse, uh, verse 7, says, Therefore, if, in order to keep me from being conceited, which, you know, con- being conceited is not a good thing. So in order to keep me from being conceited, now why was Paul maybe tempted to be conceited or proud or boastful? Because God had revealed some things to him about heaven. You know, he he mm-hmm. been, he says, I know a man had been taken up to heaven. We think this is Paul. So Paul's saying, to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Nobody really knows what it is. But Paul describes it as a messenger of Satan to torment him. Now that's that's pretty serious. Ouch. Three times, verse 8 says, Paul pleaded with the Lord to take it away. And then his reply, God's reply to Paul in verse 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is enough. Hmm. For my, pow- my power is made perfect in weakness. All right, so this is really what's interesting here. I mean, the Apostle Paul is speaking of like this thing that's going on in, his, in physical life that he believes is something from Satan that's tormenting him, but he believes God is using it not, 
to not have him be proud in his own strength, but to humble him in weakness. Right. And then he, he hears from God as he pleads with the Lord to take it away because he realizes he can't take it away. He can't dig this thorn out of his flesh. Mm-hmm. So he knows only the Lord can do it. He cries out to God to do it. God says, what I have for you is enough, Paul. My grace is sufficient. So what, what I will give you is enough, more than enough, because my power is made perfect in your weakness. And that's this is a really interesting thing here. God's power shows up not when we have we're at our best, but when we're at our, our worst sometimes. When we but not when we have all the answers, but we don't have the answers. Right. See so then Paul goes and says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. Nobody would delight in them normally. Right. But for Christ, so so that God's goodness and care and his sufficient grace could be seen by others, Paul says that I'll delight in those weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. So then he takes this, I mean, he can, that's pretty broad. I mean, he mm-hmm. takes a broad approach here. That's why I feel a little okay about pushing on this a little more broadly for the, all of our experiences in life, many of our experiences in life. Right. Because Paul ends up with this summary statement, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Well, we already know where he finds the strength. The Lord. The grace, the sufficient grace of, of God. When Christ's strength was resting, when Christ's power was resting on him, because of his confessed need and weaknesses. Yeah. It, it, everything Paul says here just flies in the face of this idea of like, man, it's really hard parenting. Well, God helps those who can't, who uh, helps themselves. Yeah. You know, uh, my marriage is really hard. Well, God helps those who help themselves. And, and Paul would say, no, like realize that you can't realize that in your weakness, you're, you're going to fall short. But the beautiful thing is because of you acknowledging that like, you're weak, you're frail, you can't make it happen, then Christ's power gets to shine through. And and he says uh, he's glad about his weakness. He's boasting about his weakness so that Christ's power may rest on him. There's almost like this, might be stretching it a little bit, this idea of like, if you are trusting in yourself and trying to do it under your own strength, you're missing out on Christ's power. Where if you say like, I'm weak, I can't do it, then Christ's power can shine through and Make it happen. Yeah. I think for a lot of Christians, we wake up in the morning and say, Lord, I want to bring you a lot of glory today, mm. right? I want, I want to make you look really good today. So my intention is really good. I walk out, I face some kind of difficulty. I'm like, well, I got to fix that. You know, right. I, mean, I got to do that. But the realization is the humility that comes, mm. the humility that's necessary. Let me say that. Humility that's necessary to bring God glory is really, it's, it's, it's an upside down thing. We've talked about the upside down kingdom. But it, this is one of those upside down kingdom things. In my weakness, God looks strong. In my going away, in my decrease, He increases. And this is John three thirty stuff. He must become greater. I must become less. Yeah. As you're moving, as you're becoming less, as you're becoming weaker, as you realize you have more need for God than you ever realized before. And I think that grows as we right. as we begin to mm. rid ourselves of. Right. Our own pride and confess our our need of God's word, God's spirit, God's peace. Um, then his he he shows up bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he will supply what this this grace, the supply, the sufficient supply of grace that Paul talks about. 
it it is something that is a reality. It's something that God he he isn't just uh, he's not going to leave you hanging or right. put you in a place where he won't uh, give you what is needed because he is a father as we've told ourselves again mm. he's a father who provides he right. faithfully provides right. and the scriptures show that again and again um, he, he's a God who faithfully provides now going back to this theme of God helps those who who can't help themselves we see that in a lot of places I mean. Moses was powerless to cross the Red Sea. We were talking a little earlier, just kind of yeah. prepping for this. Like so many, uh, there's so many situations where, especially these children's stories uh, yeah. that we, um, you know, teach what our kids, but we don't talk about the greatness and and right. powerful God behind them. But like, go back yeah. to the beginning of Moses' whole story. You know, he leaves, and the Lord's like, "Hey, I'm going to use you to get my people out." And he's like, "Lord, I." I I can't do that. I'm incapable of doing that. So the Lord's like perfect confession. Yeah, yeah. Then confession I can, of weakness. I can show through. I'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah. And that's um, that that is whether it's the Red Sea being parted, uh, the mouths of the lions being shut, mm-hmm. um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in right. the fiery furnace. Yeah, they they were unable to help themselves. Right. But God did help them, mm-hmm. and so that that's the hope of what we we want you to hear. In this podcast, there's a God who is pleased to help those who right. cannot help themselves. And let's I'm, go to Hebrews 13 and let's give you Yeah, I was number. just going to say, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to this, you know, it's our pride that won't let us get to this place of saying, thank you, Lord, for my weaknesses so you can show through. Yeah. And I'm just as guilty as the next person of, I'm going to get it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to work to make it happen. And not saying, you know what, Lord, I can't pastor the church well enough today. I can't lead the church well enough today. I can't uh, love my wife well enough today, but through you, I can show grace. I can show love. I can lead. And through well, my weakness, you Denver, are. Let me, let me just, as we talked, as we prayed before we started this podcast, Lord, we're not enough to do what's before us. Right. Even in sharing this, mm-hmm. uh, we need your help. I mean, it's, it's the refreshing thing that I think a person can take some hope and comfort in is that when you wake up in the morning, you don't have to have all the answers, mm-hmm. and it's very good to confess, Lord, I need you today because I'm very well, I'm very weak, I'm very needy, and I do not have what it takes to get through this day mm-hmm. in a way that will bring you glory, in a way that will please you without right. you helping me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, do what you do, and uh, and I'll and I'll just uh, I'll just cling on tight, mm-hmm. hold on tight. Yeah, Amen. Hebrews 13.6 gives us this, uh, it's not just 2 Corinthians 12. Hebrews 13.6 uh, quotes a couple of different uh, Old Testament passages. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Hmm. Now, uh, breaking those uh, two passages out that uh, the writer of Hebrews quotes, Deuteronomy 31.6 is... Um, Moses and Joshua um, speaking, and the Lord um, gives encouragement to them as he is faithfully going to bring them into the land he promised to bring them into. Right. And he says, be strong and courageous. So this is like me saying, hey, just get back up on the bike, right? Right. That, that, that's fine, but we're not just left with be strong, you know, find it in yourself, or be right. courageous, find it in yourself. Help no. yourself. Yeah, the rest of the verse goes on and says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Or terrified because of them, for for the Lord your God goes with you. Right. So He is the He is the answer. Why 
he's 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 the reason I can be strong. I'll find my strength in him. He's the reason I can take courage because I'll be brave and find courage in his strength, not my own. He's the reason that I don't have to be afraid or terrified because he's greater than anything I might face today. Right. The Lord your God goes with me. So, so it's not just that he's there, but he's with me in mm-hmm. what I'm going through. And then the promise, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. I always love taking those um, Old Testament references you find in the New Testament and trace them back to yeah. where to where you find them because there's a little more meat on the bone there to find, mm-hmm. and that is uh, this is one of those places. Yeah, and so in this situation, you know, the Lord wanted them. Like, I don't. It's kind of confusing because it's almost like the Lord wanted them to be like, "We can't enter. We can't make this happen. We can't do it." Just so it's almost like Paul said, he wanted them to admit they're weak, they're frail. But I think he wanted the Lord wanted them to come to a place of like, but with God we can do it, and they just never got there. Yeah, and, I mean, I think they want God wants to be acknowledged for being God, right? I mean, that's just because not for His own vanity, mm-hmm. but so that we can know Him. I mean, right. so that we can have the relationship with Him that He intended us for mm-hmm. us to have. He's to He is to be that faithful, providing, loving, merciful, kind God to us. And he wants us to know him in the fullness of those things. And we won't know him or need him and have that relationship that the privilege of that relationship that we can have if we're always finding the answer somewhere else. We, we're following the science. We're trusting in the latest nutrition. We're working an angle. We're, we're right. investing in certain, you know, we, we've always got a, a plan or a, mm-hmm. apart from, you know, finding tracing all those things back to their source which is god himself right um i just want to jump off script just a little we don't really have a script but jump off our notes here just a little bit before uh and i don't want to leave this out but i just keep the beatitudes keep coming to mind to me um because here the jesus mentions just so many people who are weak downtrodden beat up feel like they can't do it they they can't help themselves they're at such a low place where they they can't help themselves and the things encouragement that he gives them uh theirs is the kingdom of heaven they will be comforted they will inherit the earth they will be filled they will be shown more mercy the last three here that are just beautiful and amazing and encouraging they will see god they will be called children of god and theirs is the kingdom of heaven and i was thinking about like what you said in you know through his weakness, God makes himself known. And it's because he wants us to see him for who he is. And he wants us to be children of him brought back into a right relationship of him. And so, you know, on one side, it kind of does seem selfish, but on the other hand, like, Hey, you get a pretty good thing too. You get to be called a child of God. So let's just going back to Paul in second Corinthians 12. I mean, I think if I say, hey, church, do we want Christ's power to rest on us? Yeah, everybody's mm-hmm. clapping and cheering. Right. We want Christ's power. We want Christ's power. Okay, then get weak. Mm-hmm. Get low. Become Delight less. Delight in insults and hardships and persecutions. Mm-hmm. Let your life get really difficult. Right. And we're like, ooh, we don't want that. But that's that's the only way. Right. I mean, you, you find his strength when your strength is gone. Right. Mm. And that is um, that's where we got to be. I need to need to mark that one. That's you the, I mean, find I just think that's his where strength be. when your strength yeah, is gone. I, think I sang that in a song once upon a time. But <laughs> not, I can't take credit, but yeah, that's that's the idea. Yeah, um, I mean, when we can't go any further, that's when he he's involved. Mm. I mean, and then when people look and say, "Well, how did they 
make it through that time in their life. Yeah. We, it's we, not we a. Can be, we can be quick to say, because God carried me. And it's not a work, 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 and then God finishes it. It's almost, what really happens is we work, 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 and then we finally realize, like, I our can't. striving, our toil was in vain. Right. We, it was all for naught. And now, God, I need you more than ever before. The other part of that Hebrews thirteen six was Psalm 118. The Lord is my helper. And that's Psalm 118.6, but I just want to read the bigger piece of Psalm 118, 1 through 14. And this is a little long, but just let your heart um, trust in this providing faithful God. And hear the psalmist just cry out, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? There's the Hebrews 13, 6. Verse 7, the Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. I'm a human. You're a human. Denver's a human. Mm-hmm. Don't trust in yourself. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Now, there's there's some real battles, struggles, fighting going on here. And the psalmist is acknowledging God, God helped, God provided. And when I when I thought I was my own strength, when I thought I was my own defense, I was getting pushed back about to fall. The Lord helped me, and I realized he was my strength. He was my defense. And when I thought I could save myself, I failed because I acknowledge now that he has become that which I couldn't become for myself. He has become my salvation. I want to hit something that jumped out to me from that Psalm 118. You know, I cut them down. I cut them down. I cut them down. But every time before that, but in the name of the, the, name Lord. Of the Lord. Yeah, because of who he is, right. because, because of his reputation, because what he, because what I've known, what I now know him to be. I was able to. I was able. Right. Yeah. And then, and, that, and, that, and that's all of us. In the name of the Lord, I can do this podcast. In the name of the Lord, mm. I can uh, get my kids, uh, you know, through another year of high school life. Yeah. You know, <laughs> in the name of the Lord, I can keep my marriage right there. together. Yeah. Right. So I can do these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through Him who gives me strength. strength. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Um, let's do jump into that Psalm one eighteen fourteen. Now, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. So I think this is probably the ultimate fear for us in this saying of like, uh, God helps those who help themselves. Right. There's, there's a physical preservation side to this, like a physical deliverance that the psalmist brings up. But when we, beyond the temporary, we want to move now to the eternal. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to eternal salvation, eternal preservation, eternal life, 
Right. So yeah, the, the here and now. Does God care about my here and now and yes. my this moment? Absolutely. And the reason I know that is because He has provided for my eternal life. Right. I'm a, you know, I'm it's more my eternal life now. I know He provides. Yeah. He and cares so, in the same situation right is, now. Is God pleased to make Himself known through our weakness in the physical? Yes, but even so much more in the spiritual. Yeah. So as Jesus confronts the religious leaders in His day, all through the Gospels. And even through the development and growth of the church by God's power and the preaching of the apostles of the risen Christ and the power of the resurrection. So the power of Christ, <laughs> he, he died, mm-hmm. but God brought him to life. Right. All right. So in preaching the good news now that we can die with him and also now live a new life in him through his power, through his strength. If he's, the, Paul writes a letter to a church in Ephesus uh, to write back to these Ephesians that uh, he spent several years with, that he loved, and uh, in his treatment of uh, our understanding of what God has done for us in our salvation, he speaks about grace. And this is a often quoted uh, passage in talking about what God requires for us or in our salvation or how we have been really been uh, given so much in God. So let me just read Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And so when we when we think about now, like, what does it take for me to enter the kingdom of God? What does it take for me to have a right relationship with God again? What is it going to take for me to be in heaven someday? Hmm. This this The object here isn't on what you've done. You were dead in your transgressions and right. sins. It's, you were it's weak. By, it's, by, it's by God's grace, his free gift that you have been rescued and saved and will be preserved. Uh, verse 6, more of what God has done. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. All right, there is a positional, wonderful thing that, how do we deserve that, right? right. How do I work myself there? Well, the whole purpose of this, my, my salvation, the forgiveness of my sins, the display of God's mercy is found now in verse 7. All that happened, in Paul says, in order that in the coming ages, like in forever, in future forever, that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Mm. Like this is just a uh, the treasure of that you can't compare it to anything else. The incomparable treasure of his grace, the riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So that's the thing. All my salvation, your salvation, the person who's listing salvation won't be because of anything we've done that we pat ourselves on the back and we get to heaven and go, see, we did it. We made it high-fiving one another. Mm. No, my presence there in my my being seated there in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus will just be to say, look what a loving, kind, Mm. giving, merciful God has done. He yeah. set his love on that sinner mm-hmm. and and changed them. And it speaks of his grace, not in, oh look, we made it. You know, right. you know, that so that's we the worship and the praise will be to the one who has accomplished our salvation through his perfect life and atoning death on the cross and Amen. And the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That that um, that wonderful work then as we as we come up against that and believe and trust 
what he did. Um, God's God's help for those who couldn't help themselves. Right. Get to him. He he's provided, and this is the the riches of God's grace expressed in His kindness. And then the familiar part of this passage: It is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves; it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Some have argue, argued, "What's the gift here?" Listen, listen. The the being being saved is uh, being rescued, being preserved, and is God's faith um, that it's the faith that God um, honors. Uh, the trust, the reliance upon what Jesus has done, that is this, it's, it's salvation, it's this free gift. Mm. And when it is received by faith, then um, the sinner uh, can can rest in what the finished work that Jesus did and uh, the help that he has provided, the strength and the, the power that God has provided instead of us uh, having to hope if we've done enough, hope if we've prayed enough, hope if we've believed enough, hope if we've done enough repentance. Or, I mean, just the comfort from this passage says, listen, God gets the glory. Right. Christ will be praised because it's His, it's the riches of his grace, uh, not the few puny things that you're offering. The bad yeah. news is if you're hoping to offer enough, it's never going to be enough. Yeah, that's right. The, the, there's no peace there. Right. The good news is that it's not, from yourselves, have I it's, confessed enough sins? Right. Have I? Um, it's the gift from God, right? Right, and and so it's it's not you, it's Him, and so this is why, when it comes to our relationship with God, um, being made right with Him, um, being made new, be, experiencing the new birth, all of this is God helping those who could not help themselves, right? And that's why. If we could have helped ourselves, he wouldn't have had to send us a savior. We didn't need Jesus. And we don't need Jesus if we can help ourselves when it comes to having a reconciled relationship with God. So in all of this then, when that that becomes, when that takes the impactful Mm -hmm. place that I'll take in your life, then we come with John the Baptist. He must become greater. I must become less. He must increase. I must decrease. Because it's always, if that, if, if the kingdom of God begins there at that place right then the rest of my life in that kingdom reflects god's grace and mercy and kindness mm-hmm. and love shown to a sinner like me yeah i hope this is making sense um there may be some questions for the email uh no questions today but uh oh yeah they, hopefully they come in so we need to start wrapping up here we're getting long on time but it's been so good um i got my 30 second nugget ready i'll give you a chance to prepare yours um, I think we ended the podcast where all this needs to start. You need to say spiritually, I am broken. I am weak. I don't have enough. I need King Jesus. I need God's grace. It is not from myself. It is a gift from God, my salvation. And I place my faith for eternal salvation in that. And because of that moment, everything else in my life takes that same approach. I am weak. I need God's grace. And, you know, that that same approach touches my marriage, my job, my parenting, uh, my going to high school, my driving my truck, wh- whatever you're doing. Uh, that approach that started your salvation is the same approach you take in every area of your life. Don? I'll quote the old uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Edie's Chorus. His strength is perfect when our strength is gone. Mm. He'll carry us when we can't carry on. 
Raised in his power, the weak become strong. His strength is perfect. Beautiful. It's just what a wonderful reminder for us. You know, yeah. He helps those who cannot help themselves. Who cannot help themselves. And let, let the uh, American proverb uh, fade away in Amen. light of that truth. Amen. Because that, that'll get you up in the morning and help you sleep good at night. Yeah, it will. Um, so, listeners, I used the S there that time because there's more than one out there, believe it or not. We, uh, we have evidence to suggest <laughs> such a thing. Um, listeners, uh, if you got a question, got a comment, want to give us some encouragement or tell us where we can do a little bit better, reach out to myself or Pastor Don. If you got our email addresses or our phone numbers, that is acceptable. Um, or you can always send an email to bigjesuspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. This, the encouragement and support is always helpful. Keeps us going, right? Hallelujah. Jesus is my life. Yeah. Let that, let that echo as we close out our show. Yeah. A little, another little shout out to Sovereign Grace Music there for allowing us to use their wonderful lyrics on our, our podcast. So, hey, thanks for joining us today. And Don, thank you for the wonderful conversation. I hope everybody was encouraged. It's been good to visit with you, Denver. Thanks. Yep. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is my life.